Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, Ron's out. Wade Smith, 12-year NFL vet, is in. And uh, the Texans, They uh, we talked about this yesterday. They claimed um, breaking news, actually, in our show. Yeah, I, I used a breaking news sounder um, on Kareem Jackson. You're damn right I did. The, the Texans claimed Kareem Jackson off of waivers from the Denver Broncos. Um Kareem Jackson being added to this team, Smitty, is is absolutely big time, and, and on several different levels. And and, and you're familiar with him. Um, he and D'Amico played together. How many years did you play with with Kareem Jackson? Uh, four. Four years. Four so you've got yeah. experience with him. Obviously, uh, just just his mentality, his um, you know, his presence in the huddle, the, being a veteran now, the way he plays the game, man. Nobody can speak to it better than you in terms of, of, of what he brings to the locker room because, hell, you've seen it. But adding him is, is big time in multiple ways. Man. Yeah, man. I look at it like divine intervention, man. You, you lose Jimmy Ward, and that same weekend that you lose Jimmy Ward, uh, Kareem Jackson gets put on waivers, right? So he gets put on waivers, and you claim him, and you get him. And to me, he replaces – Everything that kind of Jimmy Ward's brought to the to the building, as far as that guy that's going to be able to rally the troops, the guy that's physical in in in, in his play style, a guy that is a dog, a veteran guy that's been there, done that, that has played multiple positions, been a cornerback, been a nickelback, been a safety, like and has the ability to kind of go from different spots. Now you know he's going to be a safety for the Texans, and but I I, I tell you what, man. He's always been a damn good tackler. Tackler, excuse me, a tackler. He's always been a playmaker. Um, and so now you bring that here to Houston after losing a guy like Jimmy Ward. Um, timing is everything. And so that's a, it's a, a great situation for the Texans to be able to pick him up. And I would love to see, you know, if some of his tackling could rub off on, on Petrie, man, because Petrie can make plays. He's a lot of times in position to make plays. He's just not finishing them yeah. with his tackling. And like I said, Kareem Jackson's always been one of the top tackling DBs in the league since he's been in the league. Um, he had his struggles his rookie year, but even then, he was a sure tackler, and he got better and better throughout his career, and he's always been that guy. Um, I think it's a big deal for Kareem Jackson to be here. Um, I know he's excited to be back in Houston and have an opportunity to help this team get into the playoffs again. And it's got to be weird for D'Amico, who was his teammate for two years, to be coaching him. Um, it's probably an <laughs> interesting dynamic there, but um, yeah, man, it, it, it's it's a good situation that that Cream is back in Houston and and he'll have an opportunity to go out there and, and help them get to where he's trying to go. Yeah, I, I love the ad and and Smitty, you're talking about the guy, the player, and and what he brings to the locker room. But let's talk about it from the perspective of of the timing for this team. I mean, the next two games are the biggest two games of of the season. Uh, the Texans are well ahead, ahead of schedule in terms of, of playing for a playoff spot, potentially the division, uh, if, if the if things fall in their favor. And and you, you can argue now. Look, I don't know 
when K-Jack is going to be ready to plug into D'Amico Ryan's defense. But you can argue uh, that this secondary, as it's built right now, is better than the secondary that they started the season with. Clearly, Steven Nelson out wide and Derek Stingley at the corner positions. Now, I'd love for Shaq Griffin to still be part of that, that cornerback room, but but nonetheless, those are your two starting corners. Des King, uh, in my opinion, is significantly better than Tevier Thomas in, at the nickel defender position. If Jalen Petrie can get it together, I, look, I, I'm not uh, – the, the, the sophomore slump, the struggles at Jalen Petrie, I watch, I watch the tape and watch what's going on. Sure, he's missed tackles. Sure, he's been out of position a couple of times, or D'Amico Ryans wouldn't bench him. But you still got a tremendous player in Jalen Petrie that plays with with unbelievable instincts, like elite instincts um, in and around the ball, whether it's at the line of scrimmage or he's playing the pass. That that guy is going to be a really, really, really productive player for D'Amico Ryans at some point in time. But my point being, if you insert him and K-Jack at at the the two safety positions and play them however you want to, whoever's high, whoever's low, I mean, you have got an unbelievably instinctual group with, again, if Jalen Petrie comes along and Stingley comes along, uh, keep coming. Man, I mean, you've got some high-end talent. The secondary, the cover defenders for this team, from the nickel defender out, I mean, Smitty, they they are they are really, really good, man. Yeah, they, they have opportunity to, to kind of be the, the bell cow group on this, yes. on this defense, especially when you got guys like Grenard and, and Will Anderson kind of struggling with injuries a bit. I tell you what. You talked about instincts, and you talked about those guys being instinctual, talking about Kareem and and Jalen Petrie. One thing you got to do, and one thing I would hope that Kareem would do, was to continue to reassure Jalen to trust his instincts. Early on in that ball game against the Browns, that deep go route that they did on the play action that early in the ball game, I think it was the first or second play of the game. Yep. That they, or not no, not that one. There was a, there was one later in the game. The down other the sideline. They went down the sideline. The other one was uh, the other one was uh, Jimmy Ward that got beat on that one. Yep. But the one that Petrie got beat on, he went to the to to, to try to get Njoku right. Yep. He bit on Njoku, and then the, the DB was let alone on the island. Well, that same play, take you back in the time machine. That same play was run by the Houston Texans against the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs in 2012 and on the first play of the game Andre Johnson gets a 20-yard completion and it's a great play but Kevin Walter was streaking down the sideline would have been a touchdown on that go route on that particular uh route combination that go route is the the afterthought they're trying to hit that 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 crossing route so you know Jalen Peachy jumping that route I get why he would because normally that go route they just they just that's a clear out route but then you got to know your personnel and say, oh, this is Amari Cooper. This is Flacco. Flacco wants to go on top. So, you know, let's let's rally and tackle this 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 tight end that's going across the middle as opposed to, you know, leaving, trying to jump that route and leaving the cornerback uh, one-on-one. But he's got to trust his in- instincts and continue to play that way to put himself in position to make plays. And then he's got to finish and make those plays. And, and to me, that's – that's where Kareem can help out with a guy like Jalen Pinch. Yeah, look, I, I think he can help those guys tremendously. He can help this football team tremendously. And, and at a time when they need it desperately, we were talking yesterday uh, with Patrick Craig. There's five different safety nickel defender uh, players for this defense, Smitty, that are on IR right now. Wow. Uh, to think about this team, this secondary room has been hit five times 
to the point of where guys are done for the season, and you could potentially start week 17 uh, for all the marbles um, a better secondary. I mean, it's just wild. I mean, great. What a job by Nick Casario and D'Amico Rines to make this happen, man. I mean, it's the Tier Tart, the Tier Tart sign, the defensive lineman that they picked up off, they picked up off, claimed off waivers from the Tennessee Titans. That guy could end up being a tremendous sign over the next couple of games and possibly in the playoffs. I mean, what they're doing, Smitty, uh, sneaky. You know, quiet, kind of under the radar, but but I, I think they could end up being big-time, big-time claims. So I think a big deal with that is the fact that D'Amico Ryans knows what type of guys he needs in his defense. That's that's important. A lot of In years past, you had stuff where, you know, you're just trying to figure things out. You know, you're, you're trying to, you know, go as we're going to figure out who we have as a team. Nah, D'Amico Ryans knows the type of guys that's going to fit into his scheme and, and going to have success. And then him and Nick Casario being on the same page about the type of guys that can come in and play in his scheme and for it to have success, that's why you've seen it translate so quickly to, to good play by the yeah. defense and them being able to get guys off the street because he has a history of these are the type of guys that fit into this scheme and, and this is what's going to allow us to be successful. Um that's paid dividends throughout this season. Sure. Let, let's hear from Texans head coach D'Amico Rines on uh, signing his old teammate, uh, Kareem Jackson. Here, here uh, is D'Amico Rines just on simply the Texans bringing in K-Jack. I'm looking at just another uh, veteran safety there. We lost Jimmy uh, with the injury. Uh, he won't be able to be back with us. So just looking at you know, more depth to our safety position there. And, you know, you know, at this time of year, it's hard to find a guy who has, you know, the type of experience that Kareem has and the type of playmaking ability that he has. So we're able to add a guy and uh, looking forward to working with him. Great, great claim at a perfect time. I am absolutely stoked about this. Here's D'Amico Ryan's on Kareem Jackson and whether the unnecessary roughness, suspensions, and penalties and and fines that Kareem has had this year, whether that weighed into the decision of, of the Texans signing. No, that does not play a factor in it at all. No, Kareem has made a lot of plays in his league. As, as all of us, you have things to clean up, technique-wise to clean up and make better decisions there. But that didn't, uh, that didn't slow the decision down for bringing him in. Smitty, you think we see K-Jack this weekend? Of course, you think he's on the field. I, I, I definitely think he's going to be active. I think he's going to play. Um, I don't think I, I would be surprised if he started, but um, I think he's definitely going to work in that lineup. I don't think they give guys opportunities to get out there and 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 play. And, and Kareem is a veteran. This defense is not something that's foreign to him. Um, he's going to have a good idea of what's being expected of him, and there's going to be some communication things that they're going to have to get on the same page about, and I, I think that's what they're doing today. They'll be doing that tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, all the way up into the game. Um, but I think he's definitely going to get some burn out there, and he's going to have opportunities to make some plays. Yeah, man, this uh, this secondary is is I tell you the the if they can get Blake Cashman healthy in the middle. Um, they're gonna be ready, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because because you look at the secondary we just got through talking about it. It's tremendous. I mean, I, when, if they're healthy and K Jack's up to speed, uh, and Jalen Petrie's even playing remotely close to what he's capable of doing, this secondary is gonna be really good. You look at the defensive line. I, you, you got a question about Jonathan Grenard. Obviously, the ankle. I think it's a high ankle sprain. I think I'm not real sure exactly what the most recent is on him. I, in fact, we've got um, we've got a uh, injury report that I'm, I'm going to bring you in the next segment. But um, so we'll update you on that. But um, 
you know, damn man, if if you got Tier Tart jumping in there with Rankins and and Collins in, in the middle, um, you know, Will Anderson again, high ankle sprain there. Yeah, these guys these guys are coming, man. If if you get Blake Cash, because Blake Cashman, I think is a game changer yeah. at that linebacker position, especially the way the game's played today with with how much speed you need. Uh, on, on the defense, whether you're playing the run sideline to sideline or you're playing vertically in the pass game tight ends, he's shown that he can cover hell, he's I don't like it. I don't to be honest with you, I don't like it, but I've seen him cover receivers Calvin Ridley week one on a deeper route. So you get that guy back, this defense is whole all of a sudden and the Texans are I don't know what's gonna happen, but they're in a perfect position defensively to make these last two games count and potentially get into the playoffs and make a little bit of noise. thousand percent agree with that. Look, when you have Cashman in there with Perriman and Harris, when you have that three-headed monster at the linebacker yeah. position, when those guys are all healthy and playing, um, now you're putting everybody in their best positions to succeed. Anything in between the tackles coming downhill, Perriman's blowing it up. Anything that's going down the sideline, sideline to sideline, you got Harris and you got Cashman on the outsides making those plays. And then I love Cashman in, co- in coverage. Yeah, um, he's he's just a hell of an athlete. He's been a playmaker all year long. Um, there's there's been a, a bunch of kind of low key injuries on the defense that has kept them from being at their best. Like you said last week, it was Grenard being out in in, in conjunction with Will Anderson being out. Cashman, of course, being out. Um, getting him back is a big deal for the Texans, and then getting a guy like Kareem Jackson in the fold. Like you said, I think that gets them as close to full strength as you can when it talks about the back seven guys on the Texans defense. All right, that's Wade Smith, 12-year NFL vet. We are live at the Texas Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium. We are, I don't know, kickoffs at 8 o'clock. What time is it? We're about three, about three hours and 45 minutes away from uh, kickoff in one of the best bowl games that, uh, that college football has to offer, and it's right here in our backyard, y'all, in Houston. Texas, and we've got an injury report. We've got an injury report uh, for the Houston Texans, and uh, this is a big one because there there's some big time um, there's some big time names on this list, and and uh, we'll tell you did they practice? Did they not? Were they limited? Were they full go? We'll tell you who was each, uh, and we'll do that next right here on Sports Radio 610. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're getting you set for the Tax Act Texas Bowl on Sports Radio 610. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors. From NRG Stadium, it's the drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, Ron Hughley's out. Wade Smith, twelve-year NFL vet, is in, and it is a Texans ticket Wednesday. Uh, Texans ticket giveaway Wednesday. We've already given away two tickets. Tyler, what'd you say my man's name was? It one. It was Joseph over in Richmond. Joseph in Richmond, man. Congratulations, man. You enjoy that game. Um, I hope your bride or your girlfriend or your partner, whoever it is, I hope they I hope y'all enjoy uh that game. Hopefully them Texans can can get a big dub right there. Uh good news is if you didn't win and you're out there listening, we're giving away two more tickets to the to the uh the December thirty first Tennessee Titans. Um Houston Texans game, two tickets in the bullpen, mm. down close, real tight to all the action. You can hear them. 
Um, you can tell they may even throw you a glove or a ball before it's all said and done. We're going to give away two more tickets in this hour, and then we'll give two more away in the 5 o'clock hour as well. And this I know. This I know. Sean Bajani is damn sure joining us uh, at 440 <laughs> for the Texans practice report because there's a lot there's a lot going on over there that we got to get to, Smitty, uh, with, with the Houston Texans. Good news, of course, uh, that is – We've got, uh, right now, we've got an injury report. And, look, this injury report has been a, a big talking point all year long, really, because of how long it is, or maybe there's a couple of guys that you'd like to have. Um, but to be honest with you, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick and, and company, their ability to, to overcome and, and win in spite of injuries has been unbelievably impressive. So it's just like the length of the injury report's been a problem. Well, here's the deal. You've got some big-time names that you just absolutely need if you're going to win uh, this weekend as well as next weekend. The Texans injury report, here it is. These are your players that did not practice on Wednesday. And look, Wednesday is a heavy workload day. Um, But it is, especially for veterans and players that may be a little bit nicked up in a 17-week season, Wednesday is used sometimes as a rest day. Uh, They may or may not be completely transparent with that being a rest day. They may throw a a body part out there that that could potentially be injured. So make of it what you will. Adrian Amos did not practice. These are all did not practice today. Adrian Amos, not injury-related. It was personal. Obviously played a ton of snaps last week at the safety position, so he's a big part of the secondary. Will Anderson Jr. did not practice the ankle. Um, D'Amico Ryan's updated us on that. They're working through it. Malik Collins did not practice because of a hip. Jonathan Grenard did not practice uh, with an ankle injury. Shaq Mason, right guard, did not practice because of a calf injury. Steven Nelson, starting cornerback opposite Derek Stingley. Foot, hamstring, and hand. Damn, Steven's in a bad spot. eh? Mm. (laughs) They went to some real – I had to pull out my damn readers just to – the font was so small – Foot, hamstring, and hand. Sheldon Rankin's ankle, Laramie Tunsil, knee. Those are your did not practice. Smitty, off of that list right there, anything jump out to you that that uh, really all of it's big, but any of it stand out to be like, hey, you got to keep an eye on this. This is game changing. Well, I, I think the Steven Nelson injury, he has three different injuries there. <laughs> Foot, hamstring, and not hand. Not to laugh at the bad no. luck, but damn. The hand I ain't worried about. He's a DB. He, 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 you know, he, I just need him to bat the ball down. You don't necessarily have to catch it. But hamstring, foot, those are that you got to be able to move if you're a DB. You got to cover. He's a, yeah. he's one of those guys that can cover guys downfield. Um, that's concerning that he didn't practice. Hopefully, those are minor little tweaks, and and he'll be able to be ready to go. Uh, Will Anderson, um, you know, continuing to miss practice. You know, he missed last week's game. Um, you want to get them back this week. You hope that you can get them against a, a team like the Tennessee Titans and a run game that they have. I know the Texans had a tremendous amount of success against Derrick Henry, Henry in that run game last time, but last time is last time. Uh, you, you need to be 100% this, this time if you can help it. So that's, that's concerning. Shaq Mason at the cat with a calf injury. Like It's one thing to be limited in practice, but to not practice. Now, Shaq Mason is a, is a, is a veteran guy. So, so you get some time off. I see uh, that happen consistently with other guys, but Shaq Mason doesn't usually miss practice from what, I, what I've uh, yeah. gleaned. And so um, that's something I think to keep an eye on. Big Smitty, it's about one dude on there for me, man. Who's that? 
Jonathan Grenard. Oh, yeah. Because I agree with you. I mean, it, the guys that you mentioned, Shaq Mason, Stephen Nelson, came back in the game last week. I'm cool with it. Shaq Mason, as you mentioned, one thing I know about this Texans offensive line is Shaq Mason's going to play. <laughs> Shaq Mason's going to be there. I mean, it, it, but to me, hey, man, it's Jonathan Grenard. We all saw it. We all saw it. He got injured last week in the game, limped around on the sideline, went in the blue tent, comes back out, limps around. They take his helmet from him. He doesn't go back in the game, and we saw exactly what happens. And, look, not that Jonathan Grenard uh, is – that injury cost the Texans the Browns game. The Browns were – they were on one that day. They, they, were, they were playing great football, really on both sides of the football. Um, they were going to be hard to beat last Sunday for anybody, much less the Texans who were beat up uh, like, like – uh, I mean, as bad as any team in the league. So – uh, but man, this 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 defense is just—it looks totally different with no Jonathan Grenard. I, mean, I think everybody they have that they run out there, Smitty. And correct me if I'm wrong, if, if you disagree. But I think every defensive end that that they have, with the exception of maybe Myjay Sanders, because he's a little bit—he's pretty thin. Forty-one's pretty thin. But boy, they they can roll guys out there that can set the edge. Yeah, they can roll dudes out there that can play the run. Derek Barnett and and and, and, and Hughes yeah. and, and those guys. They're, they're going to play the run. They're going to be stout versus the run. They're going to set the edge. Man, Jonathan Grenard just brings that little bit of, of, of fire to the pass rush that creates problems for the opponent, man. So, for me, the guys that didn't practice, it, it's, it's Jonathan Grenard, man. That dude, you, you, think, you think they uh, – now, look, it's, it's up to Jonathan whether he wants to be here or not. Obviously, he's going to have, he's gonna have plenty of suitors, I think, come after him after the season. You think he's a guy the Texans make a priority to bring back? For sure. Yeah. He's, he's played himself into a, a, a contract offer for sure here with Houston. It just depends on um, what what he has to, to choose from because I'm sure there's a lot of other suitors out there that are going to want to have the services of, of, of Jonathan Grenard. Um, I'll tell you what, we haven't mentioned this yet, but you talk about the different defensive guys that are, are banged up and potentially might be an issue. Listen, the last time the Texans played the Tennessee Titans, uh, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a good game. Uh, he was just kind of – I think he had a couple catches. He had a, a big catch drop that mm-hmm. would have been a big play, but yep. he tried to do the hurry-up signal to, to, to get it going and ended up being challenged by D'Amico Ryans. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming back home, mm. quote-unquote. And last week, last time they played him, they had he had on those those, uh, those those lovey blues on, and he probably you know really deep down inside knew they wasn't supposed to be wearing that. But – the defensive backs being on point and being healthy, I think, is going to be critical to slowing that guy down, especially with Tannehill at quarterback. Um, I think Tannehill is going to be a little bit more consistent on where he's going to put the ball and where he's going to go with the ball as opposed to Will Levis, a, a rookie that's kind of figuring it out as he goes. And so I I, know I haven't been heard it mentioned at all, but I, I, I'm a little concerned about DeAndre Hopkins having a big game here against the Houston Texans, especially about after what happened with Amari Cooper. So, you know, the DBs being on point and being healthy, I think that's key. Great point, man. Great point. And Steven Nelson, with no Shaq Griffin, him having been released or waived a while back, man, it's Steven Nelson and, and Derek Stingley. You need those guys to be healthy. And, and when, when, a guy like, uh, when a guy like DeAndre Hopkins comes to town, especially, look, I think I'd rather face Will Levis. I don't know. I haven't seen an official announcement, but I, th- I think if Will's healthy, I think he ends up playing. Uh-huh. But to your point, like I would rather face Will Levis than, than Ryan Tannehill any day of the week if it were me and if I were D'Amico Ryan. So we'll see what happens there. Those are, the, those are the players that did not play. Let me run down the list of the limited players. Noah Brown, 
He was limited today at practice with a knee. Blake Cashman, we talked about him. The hamstring, he was limited at practice. Keep in mind, the hamstrings too. Though To me, a hamstring's an interesting injury. You ain't getting back on the field even in a jog fashion right. until, they, until they clear you. Uh, so him being back on the field, even though it was in a limited role, is big for Blake Cashman to be back. Nico Collins, limited with a calf. Denzel Perryman, limited with an ankle. Robert Woods, uh, not injury-related, just rest. He was limited. And ladies and gentlemen, C.J. Stroud today back on the field because of a concussion. He was limited at practice. But C.J. Stroud being on this list and not being one of the guys that did not practice uh, is, is a step in the right directions in the right direction, or if you want to say, if you want to go multiple directions, I'm cool with that too. But um, C.J. Stroud being limited. Um, for me, Smitty, on that one right there, I don't I don't get too worried about the limited guys because these are all guys that have either been banged up. We knew coming into this week they were going to be banged up. Right. So the fact that they're, they've are they gone from did not practice to limited, I look as as a positive versus being, being concerned about it. So there you have it. There is your, um, your injury report, and – uh, this couldn't come at a better time. By the way, Tyler, I know you didn't do this on purpose, but stacking that injury report right there that we can bring to the people in the segment right before Sean Bajani of SportsRadio610.com, who was at practice and saw it all himself and can give us uh, you, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the, the report from a bird's-eye view, uh, is, is he'll be joining us next. So that's what it is. Sean Bajani, SportsRadio610 Texans practice report is next right here on Sports Radio 610. We're getting you set for the Tax Act Texas Bowl on Sports Radio 610. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors. Live from NRG Stadium, it's The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, Ron is out. Wade Smith, 12-year NFL vet, is in. And you, you heard the man. We are live at NRG, or from NRG Stadium. The Tax Act Texas Bowl, Big 12 versus the SEC, that Big 12 team the Oklahoma State Cowboys, and uh, that SEC team, your uh, Texas A&M Aggies. That's coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, but another game. We told everybody, 3 o'clock hour, 4 o'clock hour, 5 o'clock hour, we're giving away tickets to the Texans-Titans football game. Here it is. Here's your opportunity. We're going to stick with number 5. Be caller number 5 right now uh, to 713 572 Four six ten, and you'll win a pair of tickets to the final Texans home game of the year on New Year's Eve in the bullpen. Uh, it's a must-win game, and I know I, I I probably throw that must-win term around a little little too loosely if I'm being completely honest. But there ain't no other way to slice this. This is a must-win game, and these are must-have tickets, y'all. It's, it's big. Te- Texans, Titans, December thirty-one. If you don't win. Don't panic. You still got another chance. Make sure you're listening. Call your mom and them. Call your friends. Call your family. Call everybody. Make sure they're listening. And we'll do this thing again at 5 o'clock. But until then, right now, we got to go to our gosh, Sean Bajani. I like to call him Johnny. I ain't got permission from, from him yet, but I like to call him Johnny of Sports Radio 610 for the Texans practice re- report. Sean, how you doing, brother? I'm great. You're bigger than me. You're a former NFLer. You don't need my permission. You kick my ass. Uh, so it's all good. <laughs> I think you, I think you just secretly like Johnny. I think you like that. That uh, that's got a little juice to it, man. It's got a I like juice to I like it. the fact that you thought of uh, something original. You know, over the years it's been Shawnee B or just Bajani, but I like I like Johnny. I'm digging it. Oh yeah, man. We, uh, the, the original is is my is my my go to man. So, but man, hey, let, let's uh, let's talk about it, man. The the uh, the report today that everybody has been waiting on, 
Um, C.J. Stroud being back at practice. You were out there watching the Texans practice. Um, what did you see? What it looked like? How you feel about it? Well, I felt really good before I saw any of the practice just sitting in the parking lot because Cal McNair uh, swung in right behind me and got out of the truck and walked up to the practice gate. So I said, you know what? That's a pretty uncommon occurrence. Something good must be happening today. Uh, CJ must be practicing. And lo and behold, that was the case. Uh, and watching CJ out there, you know, we don't get to, uh, get a chance to see too, too much. But, you know, it was it was a regular day for CJ. He stretched with the guys. He went through some individual drills, worked handoffs, uh, rollouts with the running backs, through the receivers. Um, he was a part of the first team takeoff, which, you know, for what it's worth, has been pretty pretty much of an accurate depiction of what you should expect to see on any given Sunday. So I'd say uh, the fact that he was limited is expected. Everything that happened today, both on paper and, uh, you know, in my eyes, is expected, but very good news. Yeah, look, Sean, it's good news to have him back out there. As D'Amico Ryan said, it is, it is, he is in phase four of our stage four phase four stage four of i guess there's five stages to to uh clearing protocol the fifth stage is is being cleared so he's he's right there flirting with it man it, it looks like he's going to 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 play this week um an, another player another first round draft pick drafted number three overall kind of flown under the radar because of cj stroud and and and, and everybody waiting on his update what about Will Anderson, man? That that was uh, that that's uh, another guy that this team desperately needs over these last two ball games. I got to be honest with you. I was really surprised to see him out on the practice field today. Uh, you know, he had his jersey on, was wearing flats. I didn't see him with a helmet. I think he's probably just out there as an observer um, today, and then tomorrow, you know, we'll see. I say I was surprised because that high ankle sprain. He was already dealing with a knee injury. You know, that had him pop up on a practice report in recent weeks before that. So I got to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be done for the regular season and maybe be back ahead of the postseason. That still could very well be the case, as D'Amico said today in his availability, that, hey, you know, he's taking strides, but it's kind of a slog. Um, We're going to just have to see how he feels the rest of this week. So it sounds like it's very much on him, who is already under a load management kind of uh, system with the knee. The high ankle sprain is a tough sucker to come back from, especially, you know, a guy at his position. So we'll continue to monitor that. But I, I'd say it's, you know, a pretty positive uh, indicator that he was even out on the practice field today. Staying on the defensive side of the ball, what did you see out there out of, out of Blake Cashman and the new guy, the new old guy, Kareem Jackson? And K-Jax. I'll get to him in a second because there was a lot of good stuff uh, from K-Jax today. Blake? You know, he was out there fully dressed um, during the portion visible to the media. You know, he wasn't doing too much moving around, a little jogging, um, you know, a lot of standing and talking for Blake. <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's good to see him out there, and I expected to see him because, you know, dealing with the hamstring, I worry a little bit more about Blake than other guys because he's got a history of hamstring injuries throughout the course of his career and even a couple of years since here uh, with the Texans. This year, on average, players in the NFL, and you know, for what this is worth, uh, they've missed an average of 13 days. Well, he was beyond that window, so I expected to see him out on a football field today. And the fact that he, uh, you know, was able to be 
limited is a good sign. They're going to need him down this stretch. You know, as, as important as C.J. Stroud is in getting him back these next two games, to me it's vital that you get Blake Cashman uh, back on that defense. He's been – I don't want to hear arguably. You can't say arguably just because he – been a special teams ace for his entire career and a really good one the last couple of seasons for the Texans. Let's call it what it is. Dude's been the best linebacker on this football team. He's been that thumper and just seems to be in the area every time something good happens defensively, whether it be a forced fumble, fumble return, interception, big tackle, TFL. He's involved and they need him on the field. How's that for a nugget? There's your Johnny nugget of the day right there. 13 sorry, days I, Sorry, Clint. I, I got carried away with the Blake Cashman <laughs> stuff because <laughs> he excited. that was exciting for me. But Kareem Jackson excited me today as well. Um, you know, he was moving around really good on the practice field. In the locker room where I might have to write about this on SportsRadio610.com, oh, there was so you? much good stuff from him today. I don't know <laughs> if you guys have checked the Twitter feed yet. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh, I was just – I didn't want to get too long-winded for you guys, but Jackson, you know, to me the most interesting thing that he had to say was about his style of play and whether or not he believes what he's gone through this season, which is, you know, amassed, what, seven games and suspensions on two different occasions. Uh, spent a lot of time here in Houston watching Houston Texan football. So it's pretty familiar, uh, more so than any other guy that would be brought in and claimed off of waivers with this particularly um, thinks that he could be an absolute fit and a leader in that DB room, and he should be. And I think that's one of the big reasons why uh, the Texans brought him in, aside from the Alabama um, you know, connection, D'Amico, former teammate connection. There's a lot of connections. But the fact that you can bring a guy in that can not only help this secondary right now immediately cold off of the couch is, is huge, but how misunderstood he thinks he's been by the NFL referees, by the commissioner, for being a headhunter. He thinks maybe he's being singled out. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to follow him when he does make his way on a football field to see how he's changed or if he's changed at all his style of play. It seems like you, you had a good conversation with him and got him some insight on how he's feeling about being back in Houston. Did you get a chance to talk to him about his jersey number, I know Desmond King has number 25 right now. Did he have any, is there, is there any news there? Any, any, is he going to stick with that 22? Is he going to try to work on trying to get that 25? Man, I wish I would have thought to ask that, Wade, but I, I did not. Um, I would say this, you know, this is Des's second stint with the Texans this season. He started off as zero. Uh, I wouldn't be all too surprised if KJAX really wants, you know, the 2-5 back. He could probably swing it. It might cost him a little something. I don't know what. Maybe a dinner. Maybe some cash. I don't know. Maybe just uh, who knows. Dez is probably more than likely to give that up if KJAX really wants it. Hey, the, the, the winner in that's going to be Amos. Isn't he wearing zero right now? He, he can give, he can sell zero, make a little money. The other Trickle two break down. even. Hey, <laughs> KJ, KJ, give me this money. Then yeah. I'll go take that money and give it to Amos. Yeah, if I was Amos, I'd be over there in KJ's corner, man, with some pom-poms saying, get this deal done, boys. Hey, uh, you know, one, one, go ahead. Right. Yeah, man, I might, I might charge Amos a pretty penny for that because <laughs> he's kind of single-handedly responsible for hurting uh, the Browns kicker the other day. And, um, the reason why they attempted like six or seven, whatever it was, fourth downs and just kept drives going against the Texans. So I'd charge his ass a pretty penny. 
Hey, talk talk to us a little bit about uh, about Jonathan Grenard. I, it's it's said on here that he did not practice, um, but either way it goes, whether you saw him or not, I know I know you've got a better feel for what the heck's going on with JG. I mean, uh, what what are you hearing? What did you see? What do you think about Jonathan Grenard? I I I didn't see him. I personally didn't see him, and I didn't read a report that said that he was actually out on the football field. Um, you know, typically him and Will aren't too far from each other, so. I'm I'm a little concerned about JG not being on a football field even, you know, in a limited basis today because, look, we all observed the same thing on Sunday. Once he went out with that injury and came out of the medical tent, he hung around on the sideline for a little bit, went to the locker room, came back out, lingered around, and then you you didn't see any more of him. And I just kind of took that as, you know, okay, here's a foot injury. Here's a guy that's trying to give it a go, jogging around, moving around on the sideline. He's thinking about it. And, look, maybe they're just erring on the side of caution. The game's gotten away from them. Let's get a refresher and come back next week for the next biggest game of the season. But I fully anticipated to see him on the practice field today. Hopefully, you know, it's just uh, one of those situations where he's getting a little rehab, worked on, and came out later uh, to at least observe. And tomorrow's going to be a big day. This is a big, big week for uh, Will Anderson and continued progression for guys like Blake Cashman and, of course, C.J. Stroud, the biggest ones out there. All right, Sean Bajani, SportsRadio610.com. Sean, tell the folks what you got going on. We know where you can find Sean. That's either in a SportsRadio610 studio or on SportsRadio610.com. But what you writing about, man? What you got going on? Well, I, I was really fascinated by what I heard from Kareem Jackson today, so I'll probably do a piece on him. He had a lot of great things to say. Um, and you can check out my Twitter, at Sean Bajani, if you want to check that out or for you people that call it X, whatever. Uh, you know where to find it. So I'll probably do something on KJAX, and I'm going to be working on a Stroud story uh, this week. John McClain's got some great stuff coming up as well. And, uh, hey, uh, just keep it keep it locked on, sportsradio610.com, because we've always got fresh new content going. And I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's good chopping up with you. All right, Bajani, is always good, brother. Thank you, man. Have a good one now. Thanks, All guys. Right. You too. You got it, man. All right, again, we are live from NRG Stadium, Taxac, Texas Bowl, kicking off at 8 o'clock tonight. We're already starting to hear a little bit of the uh, uh, the, the, the music and, and the goings on here in the stadium in preparation for that kickoff. It is a big-time, big-time, big-time production, one of the top bowls in all of college football in all of the country. Uh, this is one of the best right here in Houston. All right, you heard Sean Bajani talking about a couple of the Texans that he saw on the field. D'Amico Rhines joined us, spoke live right here on Sports Radio 610, right around 220, and uh, he gave us a little bit of an update. We're going to tell you what the coach, or we're going to, we're going to have the coach uh, giving you an update on C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, as well as a couple of other nuggets. We'll do that next right here. MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.